And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's time to talk finance with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. How you doing, mate? All right? Still kicking, and I think, you know, that will be the case for a while to come. They can't keep me down. Mate, I think you and everyone else will just be battling through, and hopefully everyone can turn around and say, wow, it's Friday again. Where did the week go? But I know it's uh, 2 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon. You're, uh, you're not thinking that. <laughs> No, that's true. That is true. But Fridays, you know, a great day, isn't it? I love Fridays. No, big fan. We're here to talk about uh, this week's topic, which is a very simple question that apparently people have been asking. And that simple mm. question is this. Can I retire during COVID-19? Well, my answer would be, why not? And look, I love it. You know, I mean, you should get a job in my industry because uh, I think... The, the number one thing people should do at the moment, and I think the rest of the country would appreciate this, let's just have a bit of a chat about something else. Um, because you turn the telly on and the backdrop of every TV channel is COVID-19. And I think as much as we know exactly what's going on at the moment and we're all trying to get out the other side of it, this will pass. Um, we've seen good, we've seen bad, we've seen ugly and we've seen you know, a changing story and environment over the last four or five weeks, as we all know. And I think people need to keep in mind that superannuation is a long-term structure that holds money to fund your lifestyle. And people are very, very tempted and very quick to jump to the fact that the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years of their life has just become the next 6 to 12 months. So I think people need to keep in mind a little bit of perspective and just remember that this will pass. We've seen the market rally 20-odd percent since the 22nd of March. There's an indication of the perception of the impact. Now, markets will always move up and down on both positive and negative news and sometimes the exact opposite, depending on what Trumpy said in a tweet or what yes. someone else has said somewhere else in the world. But I, I always stress to people, this will pass this is a viral problem that will have an economic impact. And I'm not discounting the economic impact that people are suffering because there are portions of the community that are under huge amounts of duress. And, you know, you just said to me just before we started, you know, 456,000 people have accessed their super. Now, Well, that's right. Uh, there's a report today in the Sydney Morning Herald, 456,000 Australians have already been approved to, to withdraw a total of $3.8 billion from their superannuation savings since the applications opened on Monday. So in mm. the space of just the five days of this week, that's uh, mm. almost half a million Australians, almost $4 billion to be withdrawn from superannuation savings. And the government expects more. They're predicting up to 1.6 million people will apply for the early access scheme. It's going to have a big impact on the superannuation sector, isn't it? Oh, look, 100%. And, you know, we last week we touched on exactly this, and I think it's something that people need to keep in mind because, you know, take Host Plus, for example. They've changed their liquidity rules in the PDS. You know, so they've actually changed their redemption rules under the, under the terms of the fund, which says, well, they're either worried about people taking out money or they hold assets that they can't sell, uh, which are generally of an unlisted nature, which, again, is, is a significant problem because this is when you want your super fund the most, right? This is, this is, this is these, these are Armageddon times for the people that are looking to take that money out because, as we said last week, this should be your absolute last resort. I'd rather you draw a commercial loan agreement up with your mum and dad 
and take a loan out against their house at 2%. It'd be far better and far more cost-effective than accessing your superannuation because of all of the things that we spoke about in last week's show. If if, if we get back to, to, to you know, the, the driving decision now with that in mind, can I retire? People need to remember a couple of key things. Um, not all of your money is going to be required to fund your lifestyle in the next 12 to 18 months, even if we went out to two years. If the average person lives on fifty to $60,000, and I make that's a very broad generalisation because I don't know what the average person lives on anymore because everyone comes into my office, sits down and says, we're just average people. <laughs> but that means yes. we could be living on fifty grand or three hundred grand. So let's say you're living on fifty grand, right? Keep the number around. If you've got a million dollars in your super, you should be keeping fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in quickly accessible accounts, primarily in cash. And the reason that a good fund is run in that manner is you're buying yourself one to two years of volatility without any change in the level of income that you want to draw from your fund to live the way you want to live. I don't have a single client in my business that has 100% of their money invested, even when people say, well, money doesn't earn anything. I can tell you now the peace of mind of knowing that you have at least 12 to 18 months of pension money in cash is worth far more than 0.25 of interest and 10% of market volatility or any other measure you want to have because people know that their lifestyle will not change and that is really important to people. And that also gives you a bit of diversity too, so that uh, when there is a market decline, as there has been during the course of this year, not all of your holdings are actually declining with the market because some of your holdings are in fact in cash. A lot of the comments we've been uh, making over the last, uh, not just today, but the previous program as well, uh, has been in the context of people that might be looking to retire in 10 or even 20 years' time. Mm -hmm. What about somebody who was planning to retire, say, for example, next month? Has this event changed their plans uh, or is it really just go ahead and do it anyway? Look, at the end of the day, I, I don't think there's a good time to retire. Just like I don't think there's a good time to have a kid. You know, I've got two kids and if you'd have told me what I know now about having kids, I, I, I couldn't have prepared for that. It, this is just one of Now be careful what you say here. The family's probably listening. <laughs> well, listen, my girls know I love them dearly. But, you know, we all have moments where you sort of look back and go, what was I thinking about this? Um, and, and retirement's one of those things. It's scary. It's different. It's the unknown. It's a change to what you've known over the last 30 to 40 years, depending on how old you are. Um, but I, I, I come back to those fundamentals and say, whatever you have in super, you were not going to spend it in the next 12 to 18 months. So don't worry about it. If you've made a decision right. to step out of the workforce and you know that you have X amount of money and you know you need X amount of income to be able to live, you need to keep things in okay. perspective and say, well, what do I need over the next 12 months to two years? Let's keep that in cash and then we can look to try and invest because if you're moving into retirement now and maybe you have all your funds invested, maybe you don't, there are some very good opportunities to look at some long-term value at the moment because some sectors have come under significant pressure and this will pass and we'll see valuations improve like we did through the Royal Commission with bank stocks. They came under pressure because they were in the news. We stopped talking about them and then they, they, they rallied off the back of, of no news and getting back to normal business. And I think people need to keep that in mind. 
So what do you say to people that uh, are, are thinking, well, look, you know, the circumstances are changing. Maybe it's just prudent to review my situation, review my plans and see if I can improve my plan. Yeah, look, again, I think everybody needs to make a decision taking into account their current situation and needs because there's one thing I've learned over, you know, many years of doing this is everybody's perception of a time is different. Everybody's perception of normal is different. Everybody's perception of how much do I need to live on is different. And also how you're going to spend your time because we've talked in other shows about going back and contracting, working part-time, doing two days a week and the power of that additional income. But it's also about putting things into context and saying, well, again, if you have a buffer in your super fund that was a couple of years of pension, I say to most people now, are we going to be talking about coronavirus in the same way in two years? And nine out of ten people go, well, no, nah, this will pass and we'll get back to normal. So, again, you've retired Absolutely. at 65. You're going to live till you're 85 or 90. And at 68, are we worried about what's going on today? I don't think we will be. I'm not just going to say that there won't be an economic impact of this of pandemic because there will be because the government's run a lot of money at it. But if we come back to some fundamentals and say you have time, you have diversification, you have the ability to generate income, and if you've got two years of cash buffer up your sleeve because your super fund's been set up correctly, I'd shrug my shoulders and say, right, let me get in the garden, let me spend some time with the grandkids, let me do my physical culture, let me do my sewing, let me do my knitting, whatever it is that gets you all excited at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning when you get out of bed, because you should be getting out of bed at 10 o'clock in the morning because you've been working your whole life as far as I'm concerned. Um, These are the things that people retire for. And there's one thing you can't get more of, right? And that's time. You can have cars, you can have boats, you can have super funds. You cannot get more time. And I don't think that people working in a job that they maybe or maybe do not enjoy for the sake of the preservation of their super, um, we don't know what's going to happen, right? And I've lost some very valuable clients to me over the last two years. Um, And they've always said, I wish I'd done this, this and this. This will pass. It is a pandemic. It is scary. I appreciate that because I too have super, right? So you're not Robinson Caruso. We're all in the boat together here. But now, you've spoken about the importance of maintaining a cash holding to provide uh, for an ongoing income source for a year or more uh, so that there's not going to be a challenge to your lifestyle. But are there other things that people should do to make sure that they remain in control? Yeah, look, I think staggering into the market's important. Obviously, there is a, a heightened amount of fear at the moment of the unknown, and, and I can completely appreciate that. And I'm happy to say that I'm not making full purchases for some asset sectors. And what I mean by that is if we're going to put twenty dollars or $30,000 into something, we might buy fifteen now, and then we'll average in over time because we still have some ongoing volatility. We're seeing things go up and down. Um, and by staggering in over time, we're effectively hedging our bets on the positive and negative side. So we've got some skin in the game. If things continue to rally, we can make some money. But then we're averaging in because if things dip off the back of something that we don't know about yet, we can then buy some more assets at a, at a lower price and, and take control of our entry points. I think we also need to be looking at being in a super fund that will pay you physical dividends. I wouldn't want to be in a unitized fund at the moment, which is something like Australian Super or, or one of those that don't physically pay a dividend. They reflect all of their earnings in the unit price of your investment. To me, in retirement, the one thing people want to have control over 
is their income because that pays or funds a large portion of their pension. And if you can generate a lot of what you're going to take out of your fund with dividends, you're less reliant on the overall value. So in that example, if we had a million dollars and we generated $40,000 of dividends from our underlying investments at 4% and we took out 50, we're only accessing $10,000 of our capital when we think about how we're going to fund the way we want to live. So generating assets, sorry, holding assets will generate an income stream of very, very important in retirement. And I think they're a priority for people. Maximising the use of franking credits, as we touched on in other shows, that has huge value when we look at the tax-free status of most account-based pensions. So getting your structure correct and also then obviously looking at your fees and charges. You know, I've seen some some amazing savings this week in funds that people thought were good. And some of them have been government funds when you actually break down their underlying investment costs or their internal cost ratio. We're talking 1.4, 1.4. I saw one today or yesterday, I saw one at, at 2.4%, which I don't even think that happened anymore. Um, you know, the average internal cost ratio across the portfolio should be 0.5 to 0.7. Um, when you're talking one plus, You'd want to have an amazing fund with amazing features for those sorts of expenses. Luke, what are the key things that people need to remember when thinking about retirement uh, during COVID-19? Yeah, look, I think the first thing people need to keep in mind is the context. If you see something on the news and the Australian equity market is off 25% from its high of February, have a look at your fund and remember that you don't hold 100% Australian equities. Most people have a diversified portfolio, so you could expect that if it's off 24, you might be off 10, 12, 15. But you won't be off the same as the ASX 200 because you don't hold, in most instances, 100% Australian equities. I think people need to consider what it costs to retire and keep that in cash, as we said before the break. You know, if you've got one or two years of lifestyle money in cash as a buffer, you've just bought yourself two years to accumulate dividends or to see the capital value of your underlying investments improve. I think it's important that people have strong reoccurring income streams from investments that pay very strong dividends. You're maximising your franking credits. We've touched in other shows about the real value of those in a tax-free pension. I think we need to make sure that we keep in context that superannuation is for the longer term. Um, We didn't know what COVID-19 was in December. Um, And by the end of this year, hopefully we're not talking about it in the same context either. So remember that retirement and superannuation is long-term. Make the most of your deductible contributions or the way that you put money into super to maximise your tax efficiency of your salary if you're going to retire this year. Um, And also just remember that, you know, you can invest in a way that is right for you. So have a think about how you feel about what's going on at the moment and then ensure that your asset allocation is appropriate in your respective superannuation fund because you may be a lot more aggressive than you realise. And as we've touched on in other shows, balanced doesn't mean 50-50 anymore. So have a look at your fund. See what your asset allocation is. And if you think you're driving the car a little bit too quickly, slow it down. Because I find people that make the assumption that balanced is... I look and think of balanced like a seesaw. It's half and half and it's level. If you've got one person with their bum in the air... I can guarantee you that's not level. So for me, 85% growth assets is not balanced. 50-50 is more what I would call balanced and how we look to try and and structure things. So just check your fund, see how your money's invested so that you can make an informed decision about how you feel at the moment, which is very important because that's your ability to sleep at night. 
and then obviously look to see that your assets and your fund and your fund, sorry, are, are invested in line with how you feel. And I think the other important point that uh, you've touched on today is reviewing the costs because you don't want to be paying too much, do you? Look, exactly. I think people need to look at the internal cost ratio or the ICR. A lot of people make the assumption, they look at their fund and go, oh, I don't pay an admin fee. That's cheap. Um, and then all of the underlying costs get wrapped up um, in the investments. So take a government fund to here, for example, PSSAP, 1.21% in the balanced option with another um, cost that, that isn't recorded directly for borrowing and property, takes the total investment cost up to 1.41. Now, if you can run a fund at 0.5, imagine what you're saving every year on hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you need to look at it. And it adds up quickly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the worst thing is people find out too late and come in, sit down, and I say, well, we can do this. And they go, what, you could have done that 10 years ago. And I would have saved. And you just, um, yes, sorry, but... People need to people need to look at their cost because that's that's free money, right? It's absolutely, absolutely. and we all love something for free. Well, if people need to get more information, Luke, what do they do? Yeah, so look, give us a call. O two six two six zero four seven four nine. We're still trading. Um, office is shut, but we're still doing everything by Zoom or by phone. Um, so it's business as usual for us. Obviously, we've got the podcast, the Strategy Stacker where we talk about these, these, these matters. Um, we've also done some really interesting interviews this week. So we, uh, we sat down with David Thomas from Trilogy Funding about COVID-19 and your mortgage and also COVID-19 and how to get the best out of your home loan and what the bank wants at the moment to get the sharpest rate possible. Um, and uh, Mark Peretti from Trinity Laws given us uh, some of his time to talk about the importance of wills and enduring powers of attorney in these uncertain times. They're both documents that I'd rather have and not need than need and not have. So they'll be going up on uh, on the podcast this week and also on the YouTube channel. So you can see that Zoom recording and uh, pause it, take some notes and go from there. Marvellous, Luke. Thanks very much. And we'll catch up with you again next Friday. Beautiful. Look forward to it. Thanks, mate. Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Don't forget, if you want to make an inquiry, that uh, phone number is 62604749 and you can get all the information or check the website envisionfinancial.com.au.